Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Steven Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And today we are celebrating our 200th episode of Mots. Can you believe it, Nate? It's 200. We have been doing this for about four years now? Four and a is half years. that about years. right? Four and a half years. We started April wow. 2018. I only feel like we've been doing it that long when I'm trying to think of movies to do with you and realize, oh wait, we did that before. That I, We have experienced that recently a couple of times where I was like, let's do this movie. And then you tell me, we already did that. And that yeah, we already great. did that. Go listen to our own episodes. It's amazing. But for this incredible 200th episode, we are bringing back two very special guests. They joined us for our epic Disney song bracket, Cecily Stiglitz. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And another Baranowski, Mr. Jacob Baranowski. How you doing? Hello, hello. And we are talking about not a movie <laughs> for our 200th <laughs> episode. We're going to talk about a TV show because- We're back to tots. Yes, this is, we have changed to tots, which you can, you can still go to tvontheside.com. I never get rid of a domain name. <laughs> and we are talking about the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Wait, wait, wait. You forgot the colon. Oh, uh, thank you very much. Get him. The Lord of the Rings, colon, the Rings of Power. Now, I'm very interested to hear your all thoughts about this. I, I am not the expert, as some of you are, like Cecily and Jacob, but I've heard many mixed reviews of the Rings of Power, specifically on TikTok, because that's where I get all my information now. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there's a whole segment that are like, ugh, Rings of Power, meh. Which, uh, you know, I guess if you have to read the Cimmerillion or something to, to feel that. Uh, but I don't know. Nate, just uh, overall thoughts. Maybe we can go around the horn. Opening statements. I don't know. What do you, how'd you feel just overall seeing the show? My overall Rings of Power thoughts are this. I thought I knew Lord of the Rings. I thought I was a fan. Turns out I know absolutely nothing. This show, while fun, because A, I think Middle Earth is incredible. B, I have to say right off the bat, before anyone says anything more, friend of the show, Kate Hawley, did the costuming for this. Yes. And it is mm. spectacular mm-hmm. all the way through. Yeah. Yes. And she's been on the show. Yes. She's I been felt on like, Lutz. I was yes. like, oh man, we know her. We know her. This is awesome. I know nothing about this world, this age. I'm basically feel like a real newbie in all of this. And I don't mind. My <laughs> overall thoughts are. It was pretty fun, sometimes a little slow, and I found the trying to find out who Sauron was not maybe as fun as the internet thought it was. <laughs> okay, now, Cecily, if you wouldn't mind going next, but also tell us, because you were our avid Lord of the Rings reader, and you joined us to review some of those original trilogy movies, do you have background knowledge of this era of Middle-earth, and how did that play into how you feel about the show overall? So I was heavily influenced by a couple of my middle school friends who said, don't read the Silmarillion. It's, it's terrible. (laughs) So I never got into any of the background information. As I sat down to watch the first episode, I was like, well, I know that this is about an era in Middle Earth that there's not a lot written. And that was kind of the intention of the Tolkien family. I, I think I saw that on a news release that they kind of gave mm-hmm. Amazon a part of the story that is not, you know, doesn't have a lot of writings. And so I, I sat down thinking, this is fan fiction in a way, right? This is just somebody mm. writing 
an, a, a story as they imagine it, filling in the gaps as they imagine it. So I had so much fun just absorbing it and not really having to critique it too much as I watched it because I thought this is just this is just along for the ride. I'm I'm here for fun, which I was not expecting to have as much fun as I did. Special effects and the filming are just gorgeous. And it was really fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Even though there's a lot of it, like Nate said, there were some slow parts. So I was like, this is a bit of a drag. And there were some parts with uh, some details that I thought, ugh, I I wouldn't have written it this way. But it was, to me, it was fan fiction and it was a lot of fun. Now, Jacob, I I heard an illusion that maybe you did started doing research as you watched the show. Did you get like super into this, into the history and all that? I mean, yeah, I would, I would say to a point I did, I have, I have watched lots of videos about just kind of the overall lore and the like universe. And I have read lots of Wikipedia pages. I would say that I, though I almost feel like I haven't really earned anything that I have learned because I haven't read any of the actual books. And so that part feels like, like I kind of cheated in anything that I know about it is because I've just like, mm-hmm. I've been helped by other people who have like put in all of that work and, and all of that effort. But overall, I really, really liked it. Um, I thought it, it looks amazing and much, much like what um, Nate said, I also kind of thought that because I have seen all of the films many times kind of had a sense that, oh yeah, I, I know who people are and kind of how all of this, how all this works and like what's happening. No, I know nothing. And I realized that I probably understood like (laughs) 10% of this whole massive, massive world. And so I think that that actually helped me enjoy it more because I was so encouraged to like look up people and figure out who these like they're like mentioning all of these different characters and like things that have happened in the past that I've never heard of and so I thought that was a lot of fun so I also will just say the cinematography alone mm-hmm. I think is beautiful and I've made it worth the watch this is also the most expensive TV show ever produced mm. supposedly it was 715 million dollars to create the first season of the show a little steep compared to something like $25 million or $20 million for like a Game of Thrones episode, which if they have eight episodes, you know, $160 million for a season. So lots of money spent. I think you see that in the cinematography, in the costuming Mm -hmm. from Kate Hawley. And I do think there was some really good writing too. There were some lines that were spoken and I was like, that was a good line. I enjoyed that. (laughs) And it made me uh, think or feel something. I I just find the whole behind the scenes of this show fascinating mm. because this is Amazon yes. who had a bidding war with Netflix to try to get this mm. show. And I think they bid something like $250 million for this. But I just find I would love a show about <laughs> this show being pitched and being made because they have to go through so many different uh, entities in order to get permission on things. I right. I just find that there must be some drama behind the scenes because I think at first they, you know, when they won it, they're like, we want to do basically Lord of the Rings uh, again, like the, you know, Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, all that. And 
the Tolkien people, people are like, nope, you can't. It's like, all right, uh, can we use the Silmarillion stuff? No, you can't. You can't use any of that. They had to use like the appendices of Lord of the Rings and like the in the time of Hobbits stuff. And then apparently there was a report that Peter Jackson was really happy at the beginning. Like, I'm just glad to see someone do a Tolkien thing and I'm not involved in it. And then later the story came out that he had some like script points he wanted to like bring to Amazon and the Tolkien the Tolkien organization with the whatever they call it the, the house of Tolkien was basically like no no Peter Jackson there's the door like, no. you're not invited to this party like I'm so sorry you had your you had your moment you had your chance we saw what you did to the Hobbit I just find it all really really fun and fascinating i think the fact that somewhere out there you know like jeff bezos was lying in bed like i want myself my own game of thrones like what can i i need myself a fantasy thing and he says after amazon got involved in this project my son came up to me one day he looked me in the eyes very sincerely and he said dad please don't f this up And he was right. We know that this world is important to so many people. We know it's a privilege to work inside this world, and we know it's a big responsibility. That's a quote from Jeff Bezos to Esquire. Tell me his son is six years old. Is his son six years old? That's all I want to know. His son is a teenager. Okay. <laughs> but I do like the idea of like his son seven-year-old. coming up to him like, Father, Father, <laughs> Daddy Bezos. Pieces. Rotten Tomatoes. It's a big. It's a big split. Big split between critics and audience score. So guesses from around the horn will go. Cecily, Nate, and Jacob. What do you think critics scored The Rings of Power? Um, forty-two. Whoa. Okay. Nate. No way. Cecily, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> like exactly what I was going to say. So I'm going to price is right. You. I'll say forty-three. Okay, Jacob. I'm going to say critics, 36. Uh, you, I, I think I'm reading this right, but it says oh 85% yeah. on the mm. tomato meter. You tricked us. Yeah. Oh, you really, the, okay, you, you gave us a sort of a, yeah, you tricked oh. us. I said it was a big split. I didn't say which way it split, which way it splat. So you think, <laughs> so people don't like this? Humans? So what do you think the audience gave it? Cecily, Nate, and then Jacob, what do you think? Oh, well, now, um, we'll just say audience, 52. Okay. 57. 48. Well, Jacob was the closest. 39% audience score. Ouch. 39 really? People didn't like this this series. Wow. I don't understand. Oh, It's man. very strange. So, I, don't, I know we want to do a spoiler horn, or at least Nate wants to do a spoiler horn, and so we will do that as far as before spoilers, maybe we can talk about a few characters. I will just say right off the bat, Durin was my favorite character. I would, mm-hmm. I'd loved every scene with Durin. I would like a whole miniseries based around Durin and his wife and whatever they're doing in those mines. <laughs> I'm all about it. Uh, but we can. any thoughts on Durin is fine. But also, I would like to hear Cecily's thoughts on, I guess, what I would be the main protagonist of the series, Galadriel. What did you think about her character? Yeah, I went from loving her character to really feeling like this doesn't feel like Galadriel. It like kind of swung back and forth for me, but I kept having to remind myself like Mm. they are living thousands of years. Like humans who live a hundred years change a lot in their short lifetimes. And you can have a big 
you know, personality change or passion change or whatever. So maybe that's just what they're portraying that this is like her very young and very teenager self. Yeah, teenager. Yeah, exactly. There were definitely a few lines that she said that I was a little frustrated at the writers that I thought, ugh, that was <laughs> that was a little sh- shallow. Do you have one? Did you write one down? Oh, the one where she's Elrond and Galadriel are talking about how the darkness is gone. And she goes, then why don't I feel it gone in here? And she just like grabs her chest. Like, I don't know, just when that line came, I, I think I literally yelled boo at my TV. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was like, oh, Tolkien's rolling in his grave at a line that bad. But um, I thought that the actress playing her was really incredible. And I thought probably mm-hmm. 85% of the time I was with her, I was behind her, I thought, I liked her character. Yeah, I would say that overall, I liked her a lot. I think the thing that I did find it's it was interesting that from from uh, start to finish, they kind of do give her sort of a like arc of her. Um, she begins much much more sort of vindictive, perhaps is mm. is in like more obsessed, and then as time goes goes on and then towards towards the end i think she kind of some of that shifts a little bit i think that she becomes a little bit more reasonable or Mm -hmm. just has a well she gets proven like her point is proven slowly over the time and so she's like "Mm, told you so you know exactly which i'm like i'm happy that like we get to see her change in those in in those kind of ways because i i do prefer the version of her that we end end up with more so than the one that 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 we start with but i also couldn't help but keep thinking of like she's been alive for how many thousands of years and it feels kind of like weird to have so much change happen in such a small period of time this person who i would kind of assume after all these years would be like the most incredibly wise and mature person and so i think that that part sort of uh took took me out of it a little bit of like I kind of I kind of thought that she would have learned some of these things like the last 500 years but I don't know perhaps I'm just being too too picky. Yeah, I give a lot of that or my response to that is she has been basically traumatized by war for so long that I'll give like a bit of arrested development in her wisdom maybe mm-hmm. due to the fact that she has, you know, been involved in war for so Wait, long are you saying like the tv show arrested development yeah no that you know what the term arrested development means that the tv show comes from i actually know it i don't okay uh so <laughs> it's a play on <laughs> so it's a play on words because it could it could mean that your like development has been halted or stilted sure. uh, based on activities okay. or like from the show also the the main dad was arrested and there's some developments there so it's a little play on words there oh and th- okay. that's our phonetics vocabulary <laughs> corner. <laughs> and now on know. to my and now on to my rest of my points. Okay, sure, go ahead. I think this show is absolutely full of people I care deeply about and people that I wouldn't care if they slipped and fell <laughs> into Mount Doom. Uh. And like and that's not a bad thing but i do feel like it's a real sheep and goats division between for example 
I'll just give you, I'll just kind of name them off because there's no one, hardly anyone I'm lukewarm on. <laughs> All Harfoots, meh. Don't care. <laughs> same, it's like same. Harfoot scene. Like okay, time Hobbit. to grab a drink. <laughs> this is like B B level hobbits. Anytime there was a scene with the Harfoots, they, I was like, okay, hey. now all of it acted really well. Nori Brand Brandyfoot, sure. really great acting. Like all great acting. I cared sort of about the stranger because he was weird and he kind of broke my heart a little bit when he said that. Am I peril? Like, all right, cool. Mm. All great. Galadriel, good. Want to see her on screen. The Captain Elendil, everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 more yes. of him all oh, the time. Isildur, yes. don't care about it all. That don't care about you whatsoever. <laughs> uh, really? Nope, don't care about. Elrond, amazing. Durin, amazing. <laughs> the uh, Theo, the kid with the dagger. You can just go ahead and no, no. <laughs> take a quick hike. No, no. Uh, <laughs> fall down that well. And his name, too. I thought, Theo, like, really? What a weird name to choose for this time period. I don't know. Right. They could have just said Brad. I, yeah. Brad. It really felt like they were like, <laughs> this, is, this is Brad. No offense to the Brad's uh, <laughs> listeners. We love you, Brad's. But this is Middle Earth. And uh, yeah. But OK, what about what do we feel about a uh, romance corner real quick? Aaron Deer, which was like the elf guy hanging out yeah. in the village. And uh, who was the... Bronwyn. 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 How do we feel about that romance? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but I mean, Aaron Deer was Brad's dad, right? It was Theo's dad. I mean, is that... It's never no. said. No. No. No? No, 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 no. no, no. I feel it, like that was like heavily implied though, wasn't if it? You, no, nope. if your dad is an no. elf, there are <laughs> definitely things different about you that well, are not true the, of Theo. He okay. was true humanly terrible. <laughs> okay, okay. I just thought it was him, but there's but okay, but the love the No, his dad went away. Run. His dad could be somebody else. Because he was an elf. That's why he went away. Anyway, okay, so Iron Deer and, <laughs> and Bronwyn. he's also back. She didn't want to tell him. <laughs> anyway, romance <laughs> corner. If you if you did you care about Arond? I didn't hear what you said, Nate. Would you have Arond Deer? Oh, uh, no, I have great things to say okay, about okay, it good. because it's opposite of what you thought, okay. which is I really enjoy in these shows. And in many Victorian shows, a very chaste romance mm. that every hand touch and every like right, look right, right. is like sort of steeped in love. It's forbidden love, but it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but it's you know usually in like Victorian times where it's like it means a lot that you stood, <laughs> you know, shoulder to shoulder with me, and I think that is good and great. Okay. I think once there are a ton of orcs around, I kind of no longer care because it's like, <laughs> I don't expect you guys to make it through this. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the romance. Cecily, Romance Corner, can you judge us, please? Yeah, I liked the romance between them. I thought it was interesting. I really, this is just kind of petty, but I really wish she had more clothes on. It seemed like a very cold place, mm. and I really felt like she was not wearing enough clothes. It seemed a little awkward at times, yeah. <laughs> I know. I just felt like it was a, a weird outfit choice. But yeah, I, overall, I liked their relationship. I agree with what Nate was saying about the whole like forbidden romance thing. I did think that they probably should have had the guts to kill one of them, and they didn't. Mm. But... um they were close. They, they came were close. I mean, they time. came close, but that's also like they tried to. Every time you like bring someone back from the dead, like brink of death, 
you know, bring someone back, bring someone back. It it kind of inoculates you to feeling anything when you see him in danger. Yeah, it makes the credibility of the show feel a little bit lower. Does that do you guys agree with that? That the yeah. sometimes you just got to kill a main character to make the show feel real. Well, just kill him. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the hard thing about having a show that's so very expensive and is in a lot of ways they're building the boat on top of the sea of fandom. And if someone is super popular, <laughs> I saw that analogy coming from like a mile away and it was already sinking. <laughs> the analogy was slowly. I was building water. the analogy as yeah, yeah. I was building. <laughs> as you were flying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think I really landed the plane on the sea of fandom because <laughs> if you are popular, uh-huh. even if you are surprisingly popular in episode one, I do feel like going forward, they can't, I mean, these actors are like, there is a group out there who is team Bronwyn all the way, all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just a lot harder these days to get rid of characters when they have great, passionate uh, fan bases. Yeah. It was what makes you care though. Like when you watch Downton, have you guys seen Downton Abbey? Well, that's the opposite mm-hmm. end of this spectrum, <laughs> which is stop killing people off. Please. <laughs> Please leave leave so, someone alive at the end. There's a lot of death. But you do feel everyone. But I guess you do have to earn the connection to the character in order to feel the death, which, no spoilers, we do get two deaths, I think, in this series. I won't say who. I kind of felt one. I kind of felt something in one of the deaths. I honestly can't remember who died right now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm also I'm also struggling to think. You about can't remember, who. Cecily? Do you remember who died? No, I can't remember who died. The regent's eyes died. <laughs> no one remembers who hey, dies in this show. Weird. There's only two people. Was it? Was it? Oh yeah. Was it somebody God. important? It wasn't anyone oh, I cared about. I remember. I remember <laughs> yeah. now. I remember now. Do they matter? Uh, their people group, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get to it. it. Let's do we'll, spoiler we'll, horns now. I, I have to talk about another character. Okay, well, all right, well, we'll save like ratings till the end, end, but we'll do a spoiler horn here, and I'll remind you all who dies in the show because no one remembers. Here's the spoiler uh, horn. It was the Harfoot guy who had like the book. Sadic. Oh. Sadic. Oh. <laughs> wow, nobody cares. Everyone nobody did cares. a bathroom break during the Harfoot scenes. I mean- and then there was also the the son, Elendil's son, is supposedly lost after oh, well, the volcano. But he's yeah. not because we yeah, know that he will so be in the future. Oh, I know that. I know that. But I was I d- so mad about that. What, what were you mad about? That they made it look like feel like he was dead? Yes, and literally, it's one of the very first scenes in Fellowship of the Ring, right, Jacob? One of the very first scenes is Elrond yeah. Yeah. in Mount Doom screaming. It's opening scene. Isildur, throw it in the fire! And you- <laughs> uh. I want to, yeah. I want to overlay Cecily screaming that on the actual oh, scene. My word. I think oh my Oh yeah, give me the, give me the music behind it. Yes, she's <laughs> yeah, so good. Isildur, throw it in the fire! Let's talk about the hunt for Sauron because that yes, was, yes. I think I spent a decent amount of texting power with Jacob throughout this show, basically saying, Halbrand is Sauron. Halbrand is Sauron. If he's not Sauron, then what are we even doing here? <laughs> 
But they made you want to think the stranger was Sauron. That was the whole thing. No, deal. the stranger was far too scary to be Sauron because, I'll be honest, I think at around episode two, it wasn't until then that I heard like, hey, this show's going to reveal who Sauron is and the Sauron will be a regular person because in my mind, I'm still expecting it to be like, like Galadriel finds like an eyeball, a fiery yeah. eyeball. <laughs> I found yeah. Sauron. So is the stranger Gandalf? He is a wizard. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a he is a wizard. I don't think that he's going to no? end up being Gandalf because they, they really hint, hinted that at like, the very end because he says a quote about following yeah. your nose yeah, 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 right. which is a friend something of Harfoot's like Gandalf says so I think that the fact that they are like wanting us it's to not. think that it's him makes me think that's actually not him I but. think it's gonna end up being like you know the person who trained Gandalf he'll be like Gandalf's mentor oh it's Qui-Gon so the stranger Qui-Gon. is Qui-Gon Qui-Gon yes do you know they didn't tell Charlie Vickers who acted as Halbrand they didn't tell him he was Sauron until after episode 2 was oh, filmed oh, that's pretty sweet which I'm gonna be honest I, like I don't like it because I really I think you have to as an actor I think you have to know if you're an intensely evil person deep down so that there are a couple scenes in the first couple episodes where, or, you know, whatever, when he comes in that like no one's around and he doesn't like, he still kind of looks concerned. And I do feel like if you are Sauron and it's all a trickery trickery, as soon as everyone leaves the room, you should be like, you turn into an eyeball. <laughs> you turn into the fiery eyeball. Suckers. I don't know. I don't know if that bothered me. I thought. I mean, I, honestly, I didn't see it coming at all. I also didn't know that this was revealing who Sauron was. I missed that part of the whole. Wait, did I? Oh yeah, because you didn't watch it till later, so you didn't get my annoying text to you all the time, no, Stephen. Like, no, you were Halbrand. <laughs> Halbrand Sauron. No, so I, I had no idea. So it was a surprise to me. Cecily, did you, were you on that train that you just knew it from the start? No, I was not on that train. I forget. Who did I tell you I thought it was Jacob at the beginning? And you told me it. you thought it was Halbrand. You thought it was Bronwyn, didn't you? I thought Bronwyn was Halbrand. <laughs> <I'm Nori. laughs> Oh, Theo. Uh, maybe I thought it was going to be Theo. I mean, right, right, Brad. Decent guess. Yeah. He's real creepy. Yeah, he's got the dark sword, too. Theo's going to be Wraith King. Oh, oh yeah. Ooh. Is that a prediction? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Cecily, I think that you were pretty sure that um, he was going to be. Uh, elvish because i think in the books he appears elvish when he appears in his like handsome form right oh yeah so maybe i thought it was going to be adar the the freaky orc oh, yeah. dad yeah. elf yeah orc daddy yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah that dude i gotta give that dude credit he came across very nicely creepy he was he yeah. was very good creepy i like that so the big reveal in the last episode, Halbrand is Sauron. Uh, him and Galadriel had a little bit of. We can go to Romance Corner real quick. Mm. I watched. I watched it with Jill, who uh, really enjoyed their chemistry. Oh, nice. Um, she liked that evil, fiery eyeball type. And did anyone else feel? Did anyone else feel the the <laughs> chemistry too. of falling in love with the Dark Lord? <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it. Chemistry, yeah, I thought it was great. I liked it right at the end, where I was like catching on that. It was going to be Sauron because that just showed his like magnetic pull. But again, like 
when you know you, they literally her and her elf blonde elf husband walk down the stairs in the <laughs> fellowship of the ring you're also like why are you leading us down this path that we know he's they're not going to end up together so earlier on mm. i was a little more annoyed by it but when it got to like that kind of climax of him like kind of pulling her into darkness that felt more appealing to me mm-hmm. i really wish that the reveal of him being sauron was a little bit more momentous yeah that was actually one of my biggest complaints is that i was so excited for this big payoff this big moment of her kind of gasping with the realization it's sort of like she like her face sort of darkened and she was like it was you, wasn't it? And I was like, well... I mean, we got like a slow-mo drop of the scroll. Like, that was the moment. That, yeah, that's as much as we got. And I also, I felt that that, that evidence didn't feel like enough. I wasn't really sure to, how like, it related. Show that it was him. It was like, I looked through <laughs> yeah, your line, like, and there's no record of any of the kings having kids. That means so you're an evil, fiery eyeball. You're not who you say <laughs> you are. you're an eyeball. <laughs> Like I just yeah I didn't I felt like that was kind of that felt like sort of weak evidence like it felt like it was good in terms of kind of like oh this is like hinting at he's not who he says he is right, right. but to use that as the kind of the like ultimate I have definitive proof that you are not a king of the south right right well and he also throughout the whole series is never like i'm the king of the southlands he just carries around the royal seal and she's like it's you and he's like (laughs) took it off a dead guy and he's like she's like yes it's you time to lead us carry on i liked that scene where he kind of walks walks her through all the things that he said to said to her that Mm. he wasn't actually lying when he talked i thought like that's such a deceit that just kind of shows how yeah just shows kind of how like how evil how um how tricksy mm-hmm. he, he is because like Trix. he's he's able to like he's able to deceive people while not actually yes. lying that's very good okay something i want to talk about something that i love from this show the, which is small but beautiful and that is the friendship between durin yes. and elrond yes i was just gonna I, say mm-hmm. it yes. it is so not good. often that i feel like two characters work through Mm. what happens in almost all movies and shows, which is uh, drama is built up because two characters aren't able to communicate clearly. And they either go about and everyone thinks one's trying to betray the other. This show shows that, but then has the most wonderful scenes of Mm. them actually clearly stating their like, no, my commitment to you. And they expose to the other what the other like entity once i thought it was refreshing mm-hmm. i loved if i could just see adventures of elrond and durin i would watch <laughs> that show that buddy cop show <laughs> yes i absolutely love that too and even just like durin's wife and him like when they yes. talk about their friendship and how she pushes durin back towards elrond and then there's the realization that durin talked about that table and how it was some kind of like ancient dwarf thing and he made the elves give it up <laughs> yeah. like yeah. all those little comedic moments it was Good. perfect i loved that relationship i thought the honesty of of durin saying like how hurt he was to elrond and then like elrond acknowledging that like for an elf it didn't seem like a very long time, but he should have known that for a dwarf that was a long time. That that like moment of honesty was just very heartwarming to me. That was good. 
Yeah, you just don't see that in shows, especially when characters are kind of at odds. You see them maybe at the end of like a movie, they come back together and they're like, hey, we're still friends. But seeing two people work through that and actually like have those real candid conversations was like, yeah, you guys are great. Yeah. This is great. How did how did you guys feel about action scenes? Because you do get some fight scenes and there's a moment where like Galadriel sword fights like all these dudes in the town square and like that's pretty cool. But then there's also scenes where like all the townspeople start getting shot with arrows and there's like Wilhelm screams, it seems like, and it's like, oh and they can you know run through with a sword very, very slowly. <laughs> yeah, I I wasn't a huge fan of yeah, the part where you see people impaled like yeah. at a <laughs> rather slow pace and you and you hear the yeah i don't mind the i don't mind the violence in it whatsoever um i do feel like the, because most of the the most gore is orc gore i think at some point in time whoever does the ratings on things decided that orcs can be absolutely beheaded all the time so like oh yeah as opposed to adar who actually like i thought that was an interesting thing like oh wait they're they're people too (laughs) (laughs) they just and i thought that was an interesting thing of like but yeah they absolutely get wrecked in this i didn't really care actually that much about the action in this Mm. Thing I was more interested in the political intrigue yeah. of all of it and the Sauroniness of it, so that isn't what kept me going. Yeah, I did love. You know, we talked about cinematography, but also between sets and CG or whatever. But what is the the island town where Queen Regent Muriel is there? Dudamore, Numenor, Numenor, Dudamore. I laughed so hard when I saw that text message. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I love Numenor. Like I love the scenery there. Like it feels larger than life. Like all the Mm -hmm. Royal hall scenes and whatever's going on with the queen and her dad, like that all, like I I did Mm -hmm. all like that. And like you were saying, the honor of the captain, the captain dad. Oh, and that, who was that like long haired dude that was, it's kind of like a, uh, like snivelly political guy who's, you know, trying to manipulate. Grima Worm Tongue? <laughs> it was like Grima Worm Tongue, but it was the, uh, he had, I don't know, he had the good hair. I'm, I'm looking for the name. Let me see. He if had I like can big hair it. and a nice oh, beard. A I forget. Yeah, that oh, guy. Oh, yeah. He, he, yeah. He was interesting. Yeah, that, you know what I'm talking about. I think that he will be playing a much bigger role in the next season because he should at some point uh, force the Queen Regent to actually marry him. And oh, then that's, that's weird. That's how he takes power. Yeah, real. so whoever that guy was, it was interesting. Speaking of uh, characters who I think might play a bigger role, I was really unsure about Elendil's daughter, who I also right. forget her name. She was like, she started yes. to be, she became an architect, yeah, I think. Yeah. I didn't really she didn't have much understand to do. anything about, yeah, <laughs> about like kind of her motivations, because she like kind of had that little bit of fling with the guy with son the beard. Right. Son <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a really, really good job IMDb open, yeah. professionals here professionals kind of like was she anti-elf? and she was like was she like yeah it, it kind of seemed like she, that she was she was gonna sort of at, like they were working on her getting to the point where she was going to betray her family which perhaps that comes later she's she is a person that they added who doesn't exist in 
any of the books or anything and so like she could she could be anything she could she could do anything that character's name by the way is Farazan, played by tristan gravel which is quite a name mm-hmm. anyway i found him by looking through the pictures okay well done uh, what do you think nate should we should we rate this movie or rate this movie should we rate this tv show <laughs> It was an eight-hour movie, and I liked it very much. Uh, yeah, let's let's rate it. Do you have? It would have to involve some sort of small item that you would we I would mean, rate it on. Literally, <laughs> but I can't for the life. Oh, of actually, you, let me let me ask it right before we rate it. You know, the the series ends with the making of the three rings, which the whole time I was doing the math because I had the fellowship of the ring intro in my head. It's like nine rings to these guys and seven rings to these guys. And I was like, they only made three. So I don't know where are all these other rings. So I know I'm sure that will be explained later, but did, did the ending feel like enough? Like, was it a satisfying, okay, this is the end of the first season to look forward to more. And we got these three rings now. How do we feel about the end? I think that the Sauron reveal and the whole like, all right, he is an obvious bad guy going forward makes me excited for another season, mm-hmm. which apparently won't come until like four years. <laughs> we'll be watching Rings dollars. of Power till we're 50 years old. <laughs> um, but I think the thing that I wasn't quite satisfied with is the creation of these rings. And in general, I am so lost on the lore of what these rings do i'm doing trying to do research of like all right so the rings are keeping the elves alive but they're like using part of like the ancient mythical trees but do they make you bad yet or not really they have to have a and so all of this swims through my head and i'm excited to learn more but it didn't ultimately leave me satisfied what it left me thinking was or just like at the end of Fellowship of the Ring, it left me with a feeling of, right. I just watched three hours and now these dudes are getting in a boat and now I have to wait two more years <laughs> to like watch it again. That's how I feel right now is I'm excited to get back in this world, but yeah. I don't want to wait that long. Yeah. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Like, I think it was, it was fine how it ended and it, and it, it for sure makes me want to watch more of it. But at the same time, there's also that part of me that thinks like, oh, I, I almost wish that I would have waited until like all of them are made. And yeah, you said earlier in this episode, you liked the fact that you had to wait every yeah. week. And <laughs> well, hey, hey, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine to wait every week, but then week, 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 <laughs> yeah, five, five years, week, 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 <laughs> week, five years. Like I'm yeah. not, I'm not, I'm not yeah, ready for that. Very true. Cecily, did you feel good about the ending? Was it satisfying? Uh, yeah, I think so. If same as what you guys are saying, like if I had a sat that ending and then it was like nine months from now, you'll have the next season. Mm-hmm, I feel like mm-hmm. I would be more positive about it. But yeah, it did feel like an amazing, huge, fantastic buildup. Volcano was the best volcano I have ever yes. seen. That was so incredible. Great volcano. Um, there were just so many scenes leading up to it that I was like, this is amazing. And then it just kind of felt like, like such a big cliffhanger. Like they're here, the rings have arrived, he's Sauron. And then it was just like, and now you got to wait. That felt really rough, but I'm sure that's what Amazon was trying to do. They're trying to get all these people super hyped for Mm. the next season. Amazon prime will cost $800 Eight hundred dollars a year. <laughs> yeah. in 10 20, years. Twenty-five dollars. Two a month. years. I, I will say we were watching this with friends, and I, I knew nothing of what was happening or what was going to happen. But as soon as I saw that volcano exploded, I was like, Mountain Doom! This is going to be Mordor. This is this is Mordor. 
And everyone's looking at me like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Everyone's like, yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I felt like I called it. All right. They're like, didn't you get that hint by South season? Uh, well, I didn't. Uh, I don't know the Middle Earth map. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always, ever since, uh, you know, the year 2001, when I was 13, mm. I had always thought to myself, man, you know what I'm really curious about? How did the landscape of Mordor become Mordor? <laughs> I liked seeing that. I thought that was interesting. I just always thought it was bad. It was just, sure, look, just it's forever, his dark yeah. lands, mm-hmm. but okay. I love it. Let us rate this season one of the Lord of the Rings colon the Rings of Power on a scale of zero to five. I don't know the name of any of the rings. Just rings? Is, are there any special names for them? Yeah, they each, they each have a oh, name. There's like... Name. The God, Nauru and I die. We're going to say myth. <laughs> no, we're going to say mithril rings. Zero no, to five mithril ring, rings. Cool. What if, wait, wait. What if we don't go with rings? Because we're going to review each season. Us four are going to review each so season until <laughs> when we're eighty we, years old until twenty forty nine. Yeah, right. And right. Oh, what if we do the leaf that wakes up the Balrog? Oh, yeah, that, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, Zero man. to five leaves. I like that. Zero to five leaves. I'm going to just put it right out there. I'm going to give it three and a half, three and a half leaves. I think it was beautiful to watch. I love the cinematography. There were some fun lines in there, good lines. And I'm interested to see another season. I don't have all the back history to make me not like it. So three and a half for me. Cecily, what do you give the Rings of Power? Yeah, I thought it was a good time. I loved watching it. I It gave me an excuse to go to my actual big television and use my big screen. Because, uh, you know, if they're going to spend those millions, I can get my butt down to the basement and watch on my big screen. And it was worth it. And it was fun. And I got into it with Jacob and my sister. So I would say, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say 3.75 will make your friends Oh my goodness, we're going into the point seven five. I know. Okay. Because four right. seems too high. Yeah, it seems too high. Yeah. But but it was really good. It was a good time. Okay. All right. Jacob, what do you say? I am actually going to give it a four leaves. I really, really liked it. I think that it's hard for me to to separate how much that I liked watching it and how much time and, and energy I spent like just like watching other <laughs> other videos and like the zeitgeist and just reading things about like the whole yeah so i think like all of it together i think four i would say it's it's not it isn't perfect by any means i think i could i could edit out probably two two episodes mm. worth of Theo. time and improve <laughs> all it. the harfoots all the harfoot scenes yeah <laughs> it all basically out. basically yep but yes i would say uh solid four I am going to be the realist here, and the answer is mm-hmm. three. Three solid leaves, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, as a show, if you didn't have, if you just came into the Rings of Power as, let's learn about Lord of the Rings, and you had no background, which we have to remember, there are people younger than us. What? Who have maybe never seen Lord of the Rings stuff, who see a new fantasy series on Amazon. I just think by itself, I think it's a three. I think it's good, and I think it's big, and I think it's fine. But I think Jake touched on it. It, 
awakens in me the desire to read the Lord of the Rings books, to watch the original movies, to even watch the Hobbit movies. Oh, and maybe no. and maybe glance a little bit at the Cimmerillion. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Mm. This world is rich. You're not going to read this. Get out of here. You're not reading the Cimmerillion. You're not I reading anything. Am, You're not reading anything. I You're going to watch the scene with Smog. Someone You're going to watch Benedict Cumberbatch I'm moving as the dragon to a slower pace of life. Get out of here. I'm going to spend my time. Mm. You have a young child. You're not reading any Cimmerillion. The, the oak okay? tree. You're going to open that book to the title page. You're going to fall asleep. <laughs> That's all it's going to happen. I'm going to sit underneath it. I'm going to pack my own pipe. And You're as toy I sit truck beneath the falling leaves, yeah. I'm going to gather my son on my lap and say, let me tell you a story about the Aida. <laughs> it's a real, real kid friendly. All right. Give it three. Now, this this is our 200th episode. And and Jacob so kindly suggested that he grill us on on our on our history of 200 <laughs> four and a half years 200 episodes i don't know if you know this uh nate and and guess but most podcasts don't make it past 10 episodes mm. so mm. you know 200 200 it's a, it's a big number it's a big number so uh, i don't know jacob what what grilling uh would you have for us yeah i don't know if i would use that exact <laughs> verb sounds a bit harsh but i was just kind of i, know, I mean I like yeah as as yeah. you as you said 200 is a big Big, big deal. So I guess kind of the biggest things that I was just kind of curious and wanted to ask is um, for for each of you. One being, did you think that you, that that you would make it to 200 episodes? And what would you say is the biggest thing that you have learned? How you have learned this whole podcasting movie talking process um, over these last four years? You know, it's funny. I, we've talked about it before, but Nate and I had a conversation. It must have been like episode 30 something. And we were like, how long are we going to do this? And we made a pact. We were sitting at first watch having breakfast. Mm-hmm. And I think we said, if we don't get any supporters by episode 50, let's call it. And we'll just say it was a good 50 episode run. And then Cecily, like Galadriel in Shining Armor. <laughs> came and supported <laughs> was our first patreon supporter and we said we can do another 50 more and so we did and i don't you know i think to answer your second question by also answering the first like what has brought us to 200 episodes i feel like you need someone else who really wants to do it and nate and i have said in passing i think in the past like we really enjoyed doing this and I'm not going to say that this is a hard thing to do, like coal mining or you know, doing brain surgery. Like it's not hard, but doing it for a long time, it is it is work, you know, of a kind, you know, to, to schedule oh, yeah. it and figure out what to do. And you want it to be good. And so there is like a performative sense to it. And so I think the fact that we both want to do it and both like to do it. I won't speak for Nate. He could, he could say it too, but I think that's part of what is, has been the longevity and it's fun. I mean, it's crazy. My kids listen to this show now and like Jordan has gone back and I think listened to every episode twice now. I think he's going all the way through wow. and I don't know, like it's, it's fun and we don't have a huge audience, but the people that do listen really enjoy it. And we have some, some really engaging, you know, supporters and, and fans. So I don't know. I think that got us to 200. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, I think it's amazing to look back and to think that we didn't know each other that well 
at the no. beginning of starting this podcast. Like, Not at all. It's easy to look back. I was actually talking to Jill about this the other day. It's easy to look back and be like, well, if, yeah, of course you would have started doing a podcast with Stephen. But we, uh, we... We had coffee like twice before doing right, this podcast. We, really? Exactly. I did not like, know we that. Had, we had, oh, yeah. No, we were not like, I would not put us in the like good friends category when we when we started this podcast. We were just too- We were friends through other people. Like that's how right. we friends- We showed up <laughs> at the same things because we knew similar people, right. not because we were friends ourselves. So it was just like, well, let's give this a try. But it, it is amazing to look back and think, wow. I think because of this, I mean, if you talk to someone once a week for uh, almost four and a half years, like I feel like we've become friends throughout all of this. And that's really cool to think podcasting as a form of learning about someone's (laughs) real life on the side. So that's been really fun. I think at the beginning for me, a big thought that I had was, I just want to do something that I stick with. Hmm. You know, we've talked about Enneagram and like the, I'm the Enneagram (laughs) seven, always trying new things and trying like wanting to do new stuff. And for me early on, it was just, I want to commit to doing something for a decent amount of time. Like I want to just go for it and try it. And it was, I remember after a year thinking like, hey, I'm still enjoying this. I'm still doing this. And yes, I still enjoy doing it now. I think yeah. uh, going forward, for sure, it's a lot harder to record now because I didn't have a child when we started doing this <laughs> podcast. I wasn't a dad then. And so our schedules are probably a little crazier now than they were when we first started doing this. But also, I have to give huge thanks to Stephen because there is absolutely no way that I mean, Stephen does 95% of all the work on this show. <laughs> he he does all of the editing, does all the tech stuff. I just show up and talk. So it really couldn't happen without him. He really puts in basically all of the work. And that's really cool to be with someone who is so uh, excellent in a field. I usually don't... Uh, I'm not able to like partner up with someone who's like one of the best. So it's cool that mm. Steven drags me along through it. <laughs> That's nice of you to say. Love that. I'm getting all <laughs> emotional. The fact that I don't do a whole lot Beautiful. of work in this group project. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool, man. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun and oh, there's still a lot more movies to do. You still have to see The Godfather. We can't stop doing this podcast until you've seen The Godfather at least. Yeah, we, um, I think I have some, ex- we have some movies we definitely want to get to, maybe some series we want to do in the uh, upcoming years. And so I don't know what our exact duration of shows will be going forward. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do know that I do want to keep doing these just so that Stephen has to talk with me at least once a week or <laughs> once every two weeks. And I'm happy to do it. I look forward to it. And as I, we always say, I don't know what to say. You're exquisite. You're timeless. And you have the love of a man named Stephen, a what? man who, while you were away having meetings about mozzarella said to me, what? I can't believe he picked me. What I is can't believe I'm right podcasting now? with the most what incredible man I've ever met. What are you met. saying? So that tells it's me that the, this podcast... wedding wedding <laughs> So that tells me that this podcast of yours is not only going to work... You prepared? It's going to last. It's going to last a lifetime. Did you have that ready or do you just have it memorized?
No, I, I've looked it up. How many times have you seen that movie, no, Nate? I looked it up. I'm reading it. Oh, you did? Oh, oh sorry. I thought you were I thought you had it memorized. <laughs>